This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Richard Beatty. He's a musician. He's a media specialist. Today we're going to focus on old folk music. Richard, welcome to the program. Thank you. Why Westcliff? <laughs> Why Westcliff? We, uh, we actually lived here uh, back in 95 to 97. Westcliff has, you know, has always been a very seasonal town. So when I was looking for work, we almost lost our shirt. One winter uh, in 97, I wound up uh, with a job offer in Colorado Springs, so we moved over to Colorado Springs for a while. But we've always been back in the Valley, and we've always said we will be back. Uh, not to sound like MacArthur, but... Uh, <laughs> Now, let's start with your musical interest. If you were DJing the show right here on KLZR, what sort of music would you play? Give me some artists. Give me some eras. Okay, good. It would be very varied. Give me a few artists. I am very much into jazz, and so I would I would do Miles Davis. I would do a lot of the stuff that, you know, there was so much. If you looked at the music of the 60s and the 70s, and you saw this kind of this fusion of uh, it wasn't top 40 it wasn't genres it was just good music when you look at somebody as interesting as like a bob gibson who is a has a big colorado connection mm-hmm. uh and i know that i booked him uh, at swallow hill uh, a couple of times when i was a concert hall manager but bob gibson being a singer songwriter and a real singer songwriter's singer songwriter he was somebody that was very encouraging but also somebody who wrote a lot of great songs he was a he was a texan uh, and mm-hmm. so uh, you know he wrote abilene and uh, you know some of that stuff is is really uh, is really good and some of the old rock and roll stuff too uh, i mean i'm i'm a big beatle fan and i have been a big folk fan for a long time i uh, i kind of grew up in the in in the early 60s and uh, when the the folk revival was happening in my music career i grew up in new york and so i grew up on broadway stuff the station that i listened to back then was wabc in new york and 77 wabc played all those kind of kind of things because that was what was i mean you could get a song from oliver the musical you could get a song from the who in the same set and so i kind of like a diverse thing but i do like folk based singer-songwriter type of stuff. So let me ask, you mentioned New York. Izzy Young started the Folklore Center there. Yeah. I understand Harry, uh, Harry Tuft, talked with Izzy, and Izzy said, go west, young man, and do the same in Denver. Yeah. Uh, Izzy Young was well-known. He was said to have found Bob Dylan, but he was a a node in a network. 110 McDougal Street was his uh, store, as I recall. Tell me a little bit about Harry and the start of the Folklore Center in Denver, which seemed a, a parallel to that New York. Uh, yeah, it did. Um, you know, Harry went to Dartmouth University in in New Hampshire, and actually, one of the the, the concerts that we're uh, working on right now is Pete Seeger. It was one of Harry's senior projects in 1957. He wanted to be a city planner. He wanted to be a real change artist in housing and doing those kind of things. And then he heard Pete Seeger in his senior year. And it's not that he switched his majors because he was still, 
an architectural major and and also a philosophy major, uh, which is really kind of a uh, an interesting thing. But he heard Pete Seeger at Dartmouth, and he also befriended a, a, a fellow by the name of Dick Weissman, mm-hmm. uh, who was a banjo player who later came to Denver as well. But Harry, after college, went to New York, met with Izzy, and he did say, go west, young man. Uh, he did talk about uh, starting uh, something in Denver, and Harry was a ski guy. Uh, so he came to Colorado frequently anyhow. When did Harry start things in Denver? 1962 is when the Denver Folklore Center was founded. And it's still going on? It is. Uh, Harry sold it, I'm not sure what year, but uh, it was in the last uh, decade. Denver Folklore Center is now 60 years old. It was 60 years old last year and uh, in March. And I had Harry on my show, The Songwriters Gallery, uh, on, on Legends on, in, in Denver. I should remind listeners, uh, Harry Tuft, uh, out of Denver, has been at the High Peaks Music Festival three times. Yes. And uh, we're always glad to see him. Harry's coming back for a concert in the not-too-distant future. Yes, and it's with me. <laughs> and when, when is that? Uh, it's May 27th, which I believe is a Saturday. And that's at All Aboard Westcliff? Yes. We're at All Aboard Westcliff, and that, uh, thanks to Roger Wise, uh, who, uh, who set that up, that is going to be a, a, a kind of a Harry and Friends. Harry does a thing at Swallow Hill once a month called Harry and Friends. He brings a songwriter along with him. Now, Harry's not a songwriter. Uh, Harry is an interpreter of songs mm-hmm. and a very good interpreter of songs, of course, as you know. There are people, uh, Bill Hearn is one who doesn't write his own songs, but he's a great chooser of songs. Yes. If you listen to that. And Harry is uh, like that also. Harry, back in the day, had an occasion to interview many people. You're looking through some of those tapes now. Give me a few examples of folks that he interviewed that you think are particularly notable. Well, Bob Gibson was one of them. I, I just preserved uh, that interview. He did that with Walt Conley. There's a fellow by the name of Walt Conley who was also a uh, one of those pioneers of folk music. And Walt... And, uh, and Harry had a show together on, uh, I think, that KFML, uh, uh, which was the uh, FM station. Melvina Reynolds, uh, who wrote uh-huh. Little Boxes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just preserved one of those tapes. Vassar Clements, uh, you know, uh, pe- uh, they, they were pretty diverse people yeah. when, you, when you think about it. And then uh, later, the Folklore Center really got Hot Rise started. Uh, you know, that, mm-hmm. was, that was a place where Nick and, uh, and Pete Wernick and, uh, and, and Charles Sawtell, uh, the late... Late and great. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Tim, o- Tim O'Brien uh, leading Tim the Tim O'Brien, that's right. And Harry still works with Tim. All of those old tapes, are they, they're probably reel to reel. Some of them are, uh, well, most of them are. And you're looking say. to turn them digital. Yeah, yeah we've started to. Uh, we've actually preserved some of those tapes. A lot of tapes that are, that are out there right now are uh, doomed to dust if we don't do something about them. And that's how I started Sound Century. So tell me a little bit about that project. Yeah. It's not just one project. Sound Century is a, um, <laughs> a multiple type of project. We are pretty much right now working on a Denver Folklore Center concert collection. 
of really choice concerts. And will those be available to the general public through a website or uh, through your organization? How, how will that work? We're in the process of, of preserving those things. And then we're doing what we're calling libretto. Uh, libretto is actually uh, giving people the best of both worlds, digitizing and letting them um, go ahead and purchase uh, through a, a QR code and then also getting a printed copy of the liner notes, the lyrics, some other concert notes, maybe a concert program, some artwork, and uh, some, some really good album art. So uh, that, that thing that you don't get anymore, you know, that, uh, uh, and that people really uh, miss. What artists might be represented in this collection? Well, first of all, uh, the, the concerts that I'm working on right now is Pete Seeger in 1957, and I've been just so surprised at, well, the, the original quality is, is pretty good. And then uh, remastering and just kind of refining, taking some of the edges off, you know, some of the, uh, the little mic, you know, and all those kind of things. And so it's a, it's a very clean and cohesive uh, concert. And Pete Seeger does something he educates while he's doing. He's saying, hey, where th- this is where this song came from. It's very, very interesting, for, especially for musicians, and to know where some of this music came from. Pete Seeger's father was Charles Seeger, who was kind of like the uh, Alan Lomax uh, uh, of, of his uh, generation, who actually went and taped a lot of people like that. Uh, we ha- we have people in the valley here that are uh, that have some songs from Westcliff, and uh, growing up uh, that uh, that I know of that we're we're starting to tape some of those people too mm-hmm. and carry that tradition on. For listeners, Alan Lomax was a musicologist, a collector of music, uh, really in Appalachia for from the, the hills. Most part. Yeah, really, right. that's right. Richard, you yourself do interviews with artists. Uh, what are a couple memorable interviews you've done? Yeah, I just did one last month with Lori Lieberman, who was the writer of the song Killing Me Softly with his song, uh, which Roberta Flack, of course, made very, very famous and uh, was a, had a big hit with. Uh, she had signed uh, with Columbia Artists in the early 70s, and uh, she wrote a couple of solo albums, uh, she did a couple of things, and Roberta had heard this uh, on an airplane, uh, heard Killing Me Softly with this song, and then recorded it. Capitol Records dropped Lori Lieberman at a, at, a, at a certain time, but this interview was so interesting because Lori Lieberman is still doing music. She's not very, very famous for this, and f- up until recently— she did never. She never received a royalty for that song, hmm. uh, and she never complained about it either. She loved doing music, and she was with a couple of very famous songwriters that that, that took credit for that song uh, at Capitol Records. And so, it gives you a little bit of insight to the business. You and I were talking a bit before the interview. 
on PBS, you'll see an occasional show with old folk singers and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, and I love watching that. I, I looked at that stuff in the 60s with a detailed microscope, if you will. Mm-hmm. And some of that stuff weathers very well, and some maybe not maybe so not much, so right? much. <laughs> Who, which of those 60s artists do you think is still very strong? Or their music from the 60s is very strong? Yeah. Look at uh, somebody like Tom Paxton. Uh, t- uh, Tom Paxton, who we're, I'm going to have on my show uh, next week. Uh, Harry and I, um, ha- I asked Harry to be on that show. Very strong uh, music and, and, and songs that uh, we know uh, quite well. Uh, that, um, y- you know, production is a big, a big deal with that, as, as you probably realized in, in that, too. Uh, there, are, there are some songs that you hear that uh, if they were just done with an acoustic guitar, like Tom Paxton often recorded. Mm-hmm. That stuff's timeless because people still will identify with a an acoustic guitar sound. And he is a great songwriter. When I think of the stuff that really plays well currently, I think of Bob Dylan's first, his second through his fifth album. So oh yes, uh, right. Bringing it all back home and mm-hmm. uh, up through uh, Highway sixty one, Blonde on Blonde, the double album. That stuff is timeless. I listened to Dave Van Ronk not long ago, an old yes. CD. That stuff is better than I remember it. Yeah, it and, is. Yeah. Uh, and there are other groups like the Brother, Brothers Four and the Limelighters, the Rooftop Singers, that I think sound just sound more shallow than that yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting. And the Letterman, uh, people like that, uh, they were kind of almost manufactured uh, there was uh, when you when you think about uh, Peter Paul and Mary uh, you know I was talking to uh, Dick Weissman they were they were also one of those manufactured type of uh, type of groups they were supposed to be the the answer to the uh, to Letterman and uh, all of those other and they were they were a Greenwich Village manufactured type of group and they just happened to really gel and did it well, and introduced Gordon Lightfoot and John yes. Denver uh, uh, and Tom Paxton. <laughs> they were also great interpreters of songs, but they were also good writers too. Paul Stokey that was w- a, a very good writer, and they were they were great in concert. So uh, yeah, exactly. They were very entertaining, and uh, yeah, they they had their patter down and everything. Uh, Richard, uh, the time goes too fast. We're almost out of time. But what do you have coming up? in the near future for yourself? Uh, concerts, uh, albums, those sorts of things. Right. We have a new album coming out. Uh, Kevin LeBay, who uh, plays flute uh, with me and also does a lot of arrangement uh, uh, for uh, what, what I do as far as singing and songwriting. And Kevin also does some great harmonies. But uh, we're going to be uh, together up at uh, A Church which is a venue. It's not a church, <laughs> which uh, is... Up in Salida. Up in Salida. Beautiful uh, facility and a great sound, c- kind of a listening room. And that's going to be on April 16th, a Sunday. It'll be a matinee from 3 to 5. Harry and I will also be up there the day after we're here in May. And what's that date for All Aboard Westcliff with Harry? Uh, All Aboard Westcliff is the 27th of May. The 28th uh, will be at uh, a church uh, in Salida, and that's going to be a three to five show as well. And Harry Tuft is uh, one to catch. As I recall, the 
Colorado Music Hall of Fame, the first inductee was John Denver. The second year it was Harry Tuft. And, and Barry Fay. There you go. <laughs> Richard, thanks for uh, stopping by, and we'll look forward to seeing you around town. Yeah, it's good to be here. We've been visiting with Richard Beatty, musician, media specialist, musicologist. My name's Gary. We'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM.